Welcome to another edition of Self Made, a show started back in 2013, um, and we're back. Um, this is now 2017. It's been a bit. Uh, I'm your host, Kenny, from Ozuki.com, and uh, this show was birthed uh, from my personal experience running my own business uh, with my wife for 10 years. Uh, and through that time, we had some ups, we had some pretty low downs. Um, and uh, honestly, we were just winging it when we started. It was started out of necessity. It wasn't this grandiose idea from the very beginning. Hey, let's start our own business. I had lost my job right around 2008 when uh, the big economic crash happened. Um, I found myself just moved to Georgia fresh. And about three to six months later, I lost my job. So we and no one was hiring. It was terrible. So we had to start our own business. And we had, you know, no idea what we were going to be doing with this. So uh, we had no one to teach us. We had uh, no idea how to really fully run a business, the ins and outs of the financial aspect, the incorporation aspect of it. So the whole idea of this show is to uh, essentially pick the brain of, or the brains, I should say, of uh, different business owners, whether they're, you know, freshly started business owners that have, you know, maybe taken a couple of college courses or people that are multimillionaires. Uh, we've already had a couple of episodes that have already uh, debuted on iTunes. I encourage you to go back and listen to the uh, first couple of episodes. Uh, but again, these are real life stories. This is very candid conversations we're having. And I'm very, very, very honored to have my first guest uh, on the show uh, with our return show, I should say. Uh, this just also happens to be my cousin. Uh, and uh, I call her Cousin Nikki. Uh, but she runs, uh, you know, uh, that may be informal, but uh, the formal uh, bit of this is she runs Tasha's Talent uh, or Tasha Talent. I'm messing this up. How do you say your business name, Nikki? So it's Tasha's Talents Natural Hair Care Boutique. There you go. All right. So Tasha's Talents Natural Hair Care Boutique. Welcome to the show, Cousin Nikki. Um, it's, obviously, we go way, way, way back. And uh, But you've been doing this for quite some time, haven't you? Yes, I have. All right, yes, so, I have. So let me ask, when did you... First, going back, I mean, for, what does the business do? So I actually... I. I'm a vegan hairstylist. Okay. I'm going to stop you right there. That, that was a swerve. I didn't know that it was a vegan hairstylist. Explain yeah. really quick before we even go any further. What is a vegan hairstylist? Um, I use no animal byproduct in any of the products that I use and anything that I have to do to your hair. So all of my products are also non-toxic. That's fascinating. That's like really, I mean, Growing up, you always hear the people talking about, you know, the, you know, this was tested in in labs on monkeys or on cats or dogs, and it's like, you know, and you know, their hair may smell great from the shampoos, but their skin's boiling. So, being that what you're doing uh, is, uh, you know, has nothing to do with animals, that's actually really, really fascinating. When did you start doing that, or when did it? Has it always been vegan, or did that switch recently? I started out just doing natural hair. Okay. Um, the part of Georgia that I'm, I'm in is Winder. Mm -hmm. um, there is, when in New York, natural hair, I'm originally from New York, as you well know, but um, in New York, natural hair is not, a, is not an issue. Right. But when I came down here, having natural hair seemed to be a big deal. Right. Knowing what to do with it. Um, also knowing 
to kind of love the skin you're in was an issue. Right. Because everyone has perms. Everyone has relaxers. You know, um, my children are um, different shades of black. Mm-hmm. Okay. And <laughs> the, my middle child was set, um, a young lady said to her, um, oh, you're so beautiful to be dark skinned. And I I'd never heard that before. Right. He's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. I mean, considering that this light is doing great wonders for me, but I'm a dark skinned mother. Right. I was thinking to myself, like, uh, so what are you saying about me who birthed her? Right. You know? But I didn't want that stigma over my children's head. Right. And so I was pressed to do natural hair. Mm. Um, I always, because I went natural back in 96 myself, before I even um, had locks, I went natural and I thought to myself, like, this is what I want to do. And so because that big wave was in New York, I just kind of rode it all the way down, down South. Right on. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, when did you start doing hair? I know you, I know you said you went natural in 96, but when did you actually start doing hair? I started doing hair um, professionally. I started doing hair in 96. Okay, right on. Okay, and you were doing that um, up in New York? I was doing it up in New York. Okay. I was working for someone else. I was working for another a whole nother salon. Um, I actually, truthfully, Kenny, I didn't even know that um, this was something that I wanted to do. It kind of just fell in your lap? Yeah, it's kind of like this was something that us New Yorkers call a side hustle. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> right on. All right. And speaking of that, I need to get you in uh, contact with one of my buddies, uh, JT, down in Florida, uh, just so you can get the sticker. His whole thing is uh, his business is called Hustle Junkie. And he goes, uh, his stickers that he has is, uh, just says Hustle Harder. And I mean, that's kind of the that's mantra right. that I've been living uh, living with lately is, you know, you got to constantly be plugging at it. Um, so yeah. that, you know, so you started back in 96. And uh, mm-hmm. you started up in New York working for someone. How long were you working uh, working in someone else's boutique? I was actually um, in a Dominican hair salon out in Far Rockaway for about a year. Okay. Now, let me tell you how funny this is. I started working there because I went to hair school straight after college to stop the school loans. <laughs> nice. Now, what's funny about this situation is I've literally done hair since we were kids. Right. Every doll that I've ever asked for was never a Barbie doll. I've always had life-size dolls. I've always asked for life-size dolls because they had heads that were closer to regular human heads. Right. So Uh, that I could do the hair. And, I mean, you you probably started out with uh, some very interesting uh, hair designs, I would imagine. (laughs) <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. I, everything that I saw on TV, everything that I mean, like I was cutting hair with butter knives. I would like whatever my mom had. You know that um, my mom is a seamstress. Right. So whatever, whenever I could get a hold of her scissors, you know, that doll was getting a new haircut, whether she liked it or not. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get your I, haircut and you're going to like it. That's right. And the thing was, no one... Not purposefully, but no one encouraged that for right. me. 
because it was just when I did something that was really nice and I would show my mom and my dad, mm-hmm. they would be like, oh, that's really nice. You did that all by yourself? And I was like, yes. And they was like, okay, good. Okay, so go in the back and play. And, and, and that was it. And I and I, I didn't recognize that it was a gift. Right. I thought that it was just something to do growing up in the projects in Brooklyn, New York. Right. That's it. it, it and you never really realized that it was something that you could actually make money with. Yeah. And that's when I said, you know, everybody was like, I, I did hear the whole time that I was in away at college and um, I did it so that I could eat. Mm-hmm. You know, I did it so that I could get books. You know, I did it so that I could go out with my girlfriends because, you know, what good is going to college if you can't go to the parties and go to the bar? Exactly. <laughs> it's like so one comes like, with the other. Yes. I was like, okay, so I'm going to do hair and nails. Right. Okay. And I literally, I literally did hair throughout my, my college stay. I literally did nails throughout the college stay. And I graduated. I pledged. I did everything that I wanted to do. And then when I graduated, I said, you know, okay, I went to school to become an early childhood education teacher with a child and family studies minor. So that's what I'm going to do. And no one was hiring. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you're, you're overqualified. I was like, how can you be overqualified with no experience? Exactly. You know, that's, uh, I mean, that's a quote for this episode. How can you be overqualified with no experience? And, you know, a lot of people go into college. Now, I can I'm only able to say this because I know a lot of people that went to college. I've never gone to college. I stepped foot into financial aid office uh, way back in probably, I'd say, 1998, late 1998, stepped into a uh, financial aid office, was filling out all the paperwork. And then I can't remember what happened. Something happened at the house to where I needed to go pick up a second job. And I walked out with the application and I never stepped foot back in. Um, because, and I, I mean, I've been working since I was 13 years old. So, uh, so it, it's, you go in and you do all this. And, uh, I know several people that went to college and they got this degree in, you know, one field and they get out and they're just like, now what? And the field and the field that they were going to go into either no one's hiring or, uh, as BB King said, the thrill is gone. And, you know, they, they've done four years, six years, eight years of college and they get out and they're like, I don't want to do this, but I now have $150,000 worth of school loans and now I need to go figure out something else to do. So I'm going to go do something in a completely and totally different field, which is my passion that I have no schooling for. Um, I've, I know several people that's uh, gone down that route. So yeah, I mean, when you're doing, you know, when, when you have your passion and you know exactly, exactly what you want to do, even though you've studied something a different field you always go back to that love that first love so all right so you you get out of school and you you have that you know that degree and they want you you know you're trying to find a job in a position in that field nobody's hiring did you automatically think all right well i can fall back on this and open up my own shop or were you thinking of going and working for someone again uh or was this when you uh started working in that dominican uh hair salon no, what happened is um, my girlfriend, Sally May, she now, sent me something in the mail. Yeah, I was about to saying, say, Sally May ain't a real person, is it? <laughs> <laughs> she sent me something in the mail saying that I had owed her money like about um, six months later. Mm-hmm. And I was, 
oh, and they was, and I called and they, and her friends were like, the only way she can stop asking you for your money, for this money, is you either um, have to start paying it, make an arrangement or go back to school. Right. And by that time, I promise you, I was so tired of writing papers. I was so tired of thinking, literally. Right. I was like, I don't want to think anymore. I don't want to do not another final exam. I just need a job. Right. You're, you're so like, I, there's a reason why they called it a final exam. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow or another, it turned into I could not get a job. So I said, I better go back to school. Right. And so I went to I went to hair school. Right on. And everybody this should be a this should be a no-brainer for you. Oh my gosh, Tasha, this should be this should be good for you because you already know what to do. And I was like, Yeah, I mean like, and I guess I I can breeze through it. And I literally breezed through it. Right on. Okay, so how long was the um how long was the hair school? It was um ten months. Okay, it's not too long. No. 10 months. I've been doing hair, Kenny, for since 96, right? Okay. I'm 45 years old. 10 months of my life I spent preparing for what I have done since 96. 10 months, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, 10 months is not a long time. I mean, it's... So, I mean, all right, so... I went to school for my degrees. I have two degrees, Okay. Okay. And I've gone to school for six years for those two degrees, and I've worked possibly from ninety seven until ninety. Let's say no, matter of fact, until two thousand and one. Oh, okay. Education director. Um, I worked for what they call DFACS down here, which is child and family um, welfare. I worked for DFACS for a while in Florida. Yeah, I mean, I've done all of that, and it was more heartbreaking mm-hmm. than fulfilling. But I felt I felt useful because that's what I went to school for. Right, it wasn't what I really wanted to do. And so once I started doing here, I started going. I right before I got my first job teaching, I worked in a Dominican salon. Okay. And when I tell you that he worked me like a runaway slave, <laughs> I was like, holy Moses, like straight out of hair school. This dude was taking like 50 percent of everything that I was making because I didn't have clientele because Good I was God. straight out of hair school. And he was like, um, yeah, so so this is what I can do. The clients come in. I get 50 percent. You get 50 percent. And. All the people that was working there lived around there or they drove. And I would get on the train, on the subway, the dangerous subway, because not that all the subway systems was dangerous, but just the area that I need to travel from back home was not safe. And I would be the only one traveling late night because I was one out of two black girls that worked in the salon. So all of the black women that went to that salon was shuffled between her and I, gotcha. and I was like, "This is crazy." And this was this in Brooklyn, crazy. right? This this was in Queens, in Queens, Queens okay. right on. And I did not want. I thought to myself, "I don't want to do hair. I don't mm. want to do hair. This is crazy. My feet hurt. My back hurts." I was like, "And I still can't pay anything because somebody takes half of my check every single time." <laughs> I was like. 
I don't think that this is right. Like something's not something's not going well here. Now, with the fifty percent that he was taking, was that also uh, did he also charge a booth fee? Booth fee? No, there was no booth fee. So usually, how it happens is you either do they either will do like. 50 50 60 40 70 30 or you can just do booth rent and bring in your own clientele okay most most people that do not have their own clientele will go for the 50 50 like the commission-based type of um setting because you don't have clientele so you want to at least be introduced to people right on okay so now another question i have for you then is in the industry, um, because I'm sure that people that uh, I mean, this episode is going to be geared at people that are wanting to get into the uh, beauty industry, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. So is that standard the 50 50? I know you said 60 40 or, you know, uh, you know, 70 30, 50 50. Is that something that is a in this industry? Just because I'm naive to this, is this a good approach? Is this a ripping you off approach? Um, is this something that people should steer clear of? Um, the industry has changed so much since when I was doing it with this, um, this gentleman, with this business owner. So I can't tell you that is standard. Mm-hmm. I just know that, um, hindsight is 2020. So right. I'm, I'm going to believe that it was what was best for me at that time. Gotcha. Now, if I could have, um, when I decided that I didn't want to work there anymore and I told him because I'm very courteous. Mm-hmm. So I give him the two week notice and everything else. And when I went to give him the two week notice, he was like, how about 60, 40? Oh, so we moved into negotiations then. Right. Gotcha. Then I was like, oh, no, because my parents and I have really paid to um, get, you know, all these student loans and everything else. I was like, I, I got to try to find a job and I got a job now doing what I went to college for. So I can't afford to not to not become a teacher. Gotcha. Okay. So, so it's like, how about seventy thirty? <laughs> wow. So he was really. So he really just started uh, throw. He started trying to throw that money, which a should have showed uh, just how valuable you were to his shop because you were probably bringing in a large clientele that he wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, Absolutely. But also, it, I mean, it, it it just you know brought brought along your character. So, uh, with that, now was that, was that tempting for you to stay? Um, no, because one thing that, um, I will say that a hairdresser does not have medical coverage unless your salon, um, actually does that. Like if the salon that you work at, that's what they provide. There's, there has been salons that I've known of, but a hair, a hairdresser will always provide their own, um, medical coverage. And Mm -hmm. so, with everything else that was going on, um, my mom had gotten hurt on the job. She um, she was no longer working. My father had hurt his shoulder. He was no longer working. It was like, I need medical coverage. Right. And it kind of fell back on you. So um, right. it, it was this was a, a bit of a make or break. You know, you had to make the decision that. All right, right. Well, and this kind of goes along with uh, there's a philosopher that I uh, like to read some of his, his stuff. I mean, he's long since passed, but uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Alan Watts. Uh, you know, he actually has this one talk uh, about how 
you know, we spend our lives being told that we have to chase uh, the proverbial dragon, if you will, of uh, industry and making the money. And we go to school and Mm -hmm. we go to school so that we can get a job. But then once we get that job, that money has to pay for the school. And then, you know, it just turns into this big cycle. And then when you get old, you realize that you have just wasted all this time instead of actually stopping to do what your passion is. And it looks like you made that transition from doing what you uh, felt you were supposed to do just based on your schooling and then moved over to actually what your passion is, which is running your own salon. Um, now, did yes. you have a mentor or someone that kind of pushed you in the direction to leave uh, what you went to school for and to actually open up your own shop? I'll tell you what happened. Um, life actually settled in and I began to get burnt out at the work. Mm-hmm. Um, the work itself was very draining because I was removing children from their homes. Mm. Um, my whole first year of making real good money, and I mean good money. <laughs> I just saw your eyes light up while you said that. <laughs> I mean, like, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is this is where it's at. Right. But I that whole time removing somebody's kids. Right. And I was like. You know, like when you weigh the cost, I'm like, this is too much. I missed my whole, my, my oldest daughter, AJ. I missed her whole first year. Oh, wow. Or not because I was always out in the field. Right. Um, so I didn't see her first smile. I didn't see her first step. Oh, wow. I, like my mom and dad raised her for the first year. Mm. And then I would come in and I would be so mentally drained that I couldn't deal with her. Right. Either. I was like. I actually prayed to God for her because I didn't think I could have kids. Mm. So here it was, you know, this, this big prayer. And then I turn around and I'm like, it's not so much that I'm casting her to the wolves, but I'm like, I'm not present right. in her life. And I was like, the only way that I can be is to own right. whatever I'm going to do. I have to own it. Right. I can't, can't be an employee. I have to be the owner. So essentially, sorry, go ahead. My own. I have to be able to set my own hours. Right. I have to be able to be okay with my pay. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean that that's so essentially what you're saying right now is your mentor happened to be your one year old. Yeah. And yeah. and that's why and that's essentially why you did it. Why why you why you? I mean, and I totally understand that. I totally get that. Uh, you know, my, I look at my kids and I look at my wife and I you know and everything that I do. Uh, it's and it's funny. I, I don't know. One thing people will learn listening to this show, and I'm sure you already know just from knowing me for years, is I make really obscure references. And uh, what, I mean, for me, I look at my kids and I look at my wife and it's like that Janet Jackson song. It's all for you. You know, I mean, that's all I do. You know, it, it's I do everything for them. So whether I make a decision to start my own business or well, the decision was essentially made for me because otherwise we would have been out on the street um, or uh, whether it's like, all right, I need to I'm in this position and I need to make a move somewhere else uh, to mm-hmm. increase uh, the pay that I get, you know, and my, get paid for what I'm worth. You, you, you do that, you know, and yep. so when, with that trajectory in mind, I mean, that is the best mentor to have is your family. The one, you know, you, you want to do better for them. Oh, yeah. So, all right. So by this time, were you guys already in Georgia? 
No, at this time I was just doing hair. I was hustling hair out of my apartment in New York. Like people would just come through. I still was working. Right. I still was working, but you know, and I kept saying I don't like to do hair because I didn't like standing up. But everybody was like, oh, Tosh, do you, do you think you could fit me in? Um, maybe Tuesday evening I get off work and I could be to you by. And I was like, all right, then just come. Come on over. As you're trying, as so- in the back of your head, you're trying to figure out. So can I get like a chaise lounge that I can prop up high enough to lay down and do hair instead of, <laughs> instead of standing up? <laughs> okay. I'm 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 doing here in my living room. Right. My, my baby and my husband is eating in the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's crazy. And, right. and he's like, well, babe, just make that money. Like do whatever you gotta do. Just make that money. And I was like, ah, and it and I was already making really good money. Right. Removing kids. <laughs> but I was just I was just so drained. I was like, I've never seen this much sadness. Right. In my life, I was like, oh, my God, I grew up in the projects in Brooklyn. I was like, I have not seen this much sadness, even in the projects. OK, and, and that statement right there is sad. I mean, because uh, just knowing especially I don't know what it's like now. Uh, I've, I haven't been back to New York in over 15 years, actually close to 20 years now. But even back then it, w- it had already started to improve based on when we, we right before we moved away from New York. Cause I mean, I, I and the granted I was only five years old, but I went and visited, you know, uh, like every summer or every other summer. And I remember going and actually visiting, uh, right before I went to the army back in 97, I remember coming up and visiting, uh, on Joyce, your mom. And mm-hmm. I remember, uh, and this is, has nothing to do with business, but I just like telling, telling the story. It always cracks me up. Uh, we were, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but I remember going and visiting and we were watching movies. We were, uh, and she was like, you know what? We need to go see, uh, uncle, your uncle Russell down at the church. He was doing some work down at the church. And I was like, okay. So I was like, so are we, wa- how we do if we walk and we're taking the bus, she goes, no, 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 we take the Jamaican cabs. So we went out uh, to the front and she's like, all right. Uh, she she kind of just like flagged someone down and these dudes roll up in like a minivan up on the sidewalk. Yes. The thing opens up to like get in. I'm like, okay. So we get in and there's like, I swear there's 75 people in this eight passenger minivan they yes. slam the door shut dude holds up a fist with dollar bills like they th- like they throwing uh dice in the alley and your your mom hands him a dollar it's only a dollar and next thing you know we are weaving in and out of traffic up on the sidewalk they're ignoring traffic uh, traffic signs no stop stoplights aren't even a suggestion to them this is just a we we riding and we pull up and i'm sitting here I got black hands, but my knuckles are white, and I'm just like, "Can I get out now?" And they're like, "And they're like, yeah, have a good day." And we just get out, and they just they drive off. So on to the next, one. on to the next one. Yes. And I mean, you 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 look at how things were back then, and versus now, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully, they're better than what it was back then. But I can only imagine how. Yeah, and I can only imagine how drained you were, and then you have to come home and. You you got dinner, you got family, and then you got hair you got to do as well. And I mean, you're but unbeknownst to you, you're you're slowly building your brand 
and building your experience right. as you're about to, as you're about to make that transition. So let's jump ahead a little bit. You're you make that transition. Uh, did you s- decide to do your own thing once you moved to Georgia, or had you already start making that transition away from the defects uh, while you were still in New York? Um, okay, so I fell down the stairs at the job Ow. and um, messed up my back. Yeah, okay. messed up my back, my shoulder, and my neck. Um, and I decided at that point that um, I definitely wasn't going to really be um, real useful mm-hmm. to anybody <laughs> if I can't even remove myself. Right. <laughs> so I was like, yes, I was like, I can't keep nobody safe if I can't keep my own self safe on the stairwell. <laughs> so eventually, it, of course, with workers' comp and everything, I ended up ending that job. Right. We ended up, you know, AJ, my oldest, she was a about to go into first grade okay. and I decided she definitely couldn't go to the school where I heard the, the, um, the first grade is cussing like they had been here for years. Right. So I was like, um, you know, I really want to move to Georgia because I had made a couple of trips with my girlfriend who both our families moved down together. And I was like, I would really love that. And, you know, my husband, he was like, I want to move too, but I still have my mom and my dad here. And it was just like, it was, it was so much that was tying us to New York. Right. Well, fortunately his mom and his dad had passed. Okay. And, um, when they passed, um, we still was, we still was living in um, New York crown Heights to be exact. And then after that, he had a, um, snowblower accident and it cut his fingers off. What? Wait, what? I've known Cook for a while now. Yes. I ain't never noticed that he was missing fingers. Yeah, honey. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you now what? Was he like trying to pull like impacted snow or something? Well, he was pushing the snowblower. How he tells me is you one lever controls the blades, the other lever controls the the wheels. Right. Um, as he was pushing the snowblower down the um, street because he worked for New York City Housing, okay. which is the price, right. just in case. Yeah. And so as he's pushing it down the street, he says that um, he sees a 40 ounce beer bottle in a in a bag. Right. And he knows what the snowblower does is it sucks it in and it spits it out. So he was like, I got to move that because he said all I was thinking was if it sucks it in, it's going to spit glass out. Right. And so he went, he let the um, levers go. He let the levers go. And he, um, when he let the levers go, the wheels stopped moving, but the blades did not. Oh. So he grabbed the bag. His, he lost his footing, slipped on the snow, and his hand went inside. Ooh. Yeah. So with the great reflexes that my husband has, he still has his middle finger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the important one. <laughs> I, I think if you're going to lose your fingers, keep in the middle and then the thumb for the thumbs up. You know, you can you can either give the positive or the negative. Either way, you can communicate. That's like the only sign exactly. language you need. Either way, somebody knows exactly what you're thinking. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know how I how I never noticed that. Um, but obviously it didn't slow him down any. It didn't, but it what it did is it catapulted us into Georgia okay. because there was nothing that was holding us there anymore. It was nothing holding us in New York anymore. Gotcha. So we moved to Georgia and he said, babe, you know what? I think you should open up like a kid's salon. 
Okay. He was like, that would be good. He was like, you're really good with kids, i.e. the whole early childhood right. education degree. Kind of makes sense. He said, he, said, he said, you're really good with kids. You have a passion for them. He was like, and you could do some hair. And so I was like, you think so? And he was like, absolutely. So I prayed about it mm-hmm. and I kept praying. And let me tell you how this comes to fruition. I'm outside jogging, right? And I'm praying. And my biggest my biggest thing was I was like, God, I want to be able to pray with you without being embarrassed that people see me praying because I never like to pray in, in public, right? right. Okay. And so the only way to not be embarrassed to pray in public is to do what? To pray in public. <laughs> <laughs> you push yourself to I do the things you don't want to do. Exactly. So I started getting out there jogging and actually praying. And so my last run back to my mailbox, I would actually say like seven hallelujahs because I really needed to, to get to the mailbox, honestly. Okay. It wasn't really like a really deep thing. I just was like, God, get me there, please, because I'm about to pass out. <laughs> and so there was a gentleman that lived in, the, in in my community and he said, I see you out here every morning and I see you praying every morning. And he was like, I don't want to be nosy about what you're praying about. He said, but he said, it encourages me to pray. He said, do you mind sharing? And I told him that I was praying about a business because I'm new to Georgia and I'm just trying to figure it all out. Like, how do you get clientele when you know no one? Right. And so he was like, what are you thinking? And I was like, I was thinking about building a salon um, in my home so that I could still be around my children. I didn't have to take time away from them, but that I could also do what I think would be great because I'm gifted to do it. And he went home and he drew a blueprint. Oh, wow. The salon. I told him what I wanted, the whole, you know, the whole brick look because of the brownstones from being in from right. New York. Uh-huh. And he, he did everything. When I tell you that he amazed me mm-hmm. in just such a short space of time, he was like, I don't know what it is that you're doing, but I know that whatever it is, I want to be a part of it because I see God all over it. Right on. And I was wow. And I allowed him to build a salon for me. You know, I asked him how much it would cost. Literally cost me $2,000. Okay. All right. Let's let's pause there for a second, because that actually kind of goes into uh, the next question that I was going to have when it comes to the branding and uh, the design and the setup and all that good stuff. All right. So you're telling me that being that you had room in your house, that uh, the design and the setup for your salon was only it only cost you two grand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, did that include like your equipment, like the chairs and like any of that equipment? Or are we just talking about just like the walls and the design? No, the what it included um, was everything that he needed to do for me. Okay, right on. So, the painting, the um, the setting up the stage part of my um of the room, mm-hmm. um, where I would actually do like the platform that I actually do here on. Right. He did that. Um, putting up the um, it's not called siding, but it's like um, it looks like brick, uh-huh. but it's really panel. Okay, right on. And putting that up to give me that feel and running all the electricity and um, like painting even outside of the room in the um, in the foyer downstairs so right. that it blended with the room and um, putting the sink in 
Um, like he, when I say that he's a one-stop shop, it's all the, crazy. All the plumbing, the electricity, the mason yep. work, the, everything was, all fell into place. Yes. Yes. And every time I paid him, um, I paid him money for him and he would take it and buy more supplies. <laughs> oh, wow. And I was like, this is for you. <laughs> like, I stop doing this. <laughs> I, I was like, you could put a hold on, on doing the work at, I want to pay you some of, you know, what you're owed because you have to eat. And he was like, okay, thank you. And he would take the money and he would go to Home Depot or Lowe's and he would literally come back and finish the work. Nice. I mean, and, and again, that's when you realize that you find, you find people with integrity to actually do the work for you. Um, so you, you, things are starting to fall into place. Uh, and um, let's talk again. Let's uh, let's talk branding. Uh, you, you obviously add your incorporate your name into uh, the business. Who helped you come up with the or did you come up with the naming yourself or was that something that you uh, came up with with your husband? Was there input from family? How would that work out? Um, I started out with all these beautiful names mm -hmm. that um, I was like, OK, it sounds too black. It mm. sounds too black. I was like, um, yeah, now you're excluding other people because <laughs> I know how to do all hair. Right. But if you start sounding too Nubian mm -hmm. too yeah, too, you know, black fist, you know, black fist power with the fist pick and everything <laughs> else, then you're only going to get a certain select of people. Right. So if, was, if you decide to name your salon, <laughs> you're not going, you're not going to get everyone from all walks of life. I mean, you, you're going to get black people and Disney channel people. So, <laughs> okay. So, and you know, it's funny that you say that because I just read an article and I, and I might include that article in, uh, the post for this show. Um, I just need to make a mental note to do that, uh, that was talking about. And I mean, this is just the reality that we live in. Um, and it's something that, uh, it's, I mean, it's proven and it happens, um, that a lot of, uh, African-American as well as, uh, well, I mean, just most minorities when they're coming up with their own business, um, they, a lot of times won't put their face to the business or have the name, uh, geared at, uh, minorities or sounding like it's coming from a minority to increase their clientele just because just because because of the name um, and there's a there's psychology behind it and the fact that you're actually saying this and I just read that article literally three days ago is uh, pretty poignant um, because it, it's 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 unfor it's an unfortunate thing that we have to that we have it to live with but if we need to make that money we need we need to make things work for I have us. To choose, I have to choose the name wisely. Exactly. Because the reality is that I'm not trying to scare anybody off. Or I'm not trying to give people the impression that I only do a certain clientele. Right. So I need to, I was like, well, you know, I had all these great names and stuff. And then I said, you know, how about if I just talk about what I just discovered, that this is actually a talent. And so I was like, it's perfect. this is Tasha's balance. And I was like, it's natural hair. And because my shop is a one man's shop, it's a boutique. It's small. It's quaint. Right. You know, so we have that feel that when they come in, that is all about them. Right. And that's exactly how I came up with the name. 
And we actually spoke about this right before we started recording, um, being that it is a one-person shop. Have you ever had employees, or has this always been like since you started, since you opened the doors? I don't know if you did a ribbon cutting with the, you know, with the Better Business Bureau. You did do that, okay, right on. Has it always been just you, or have you had employees come in? It's always been just me. When you work from home, you are the only person who can work that business. Oh, okay. Right on. So what happened is um, I started getting bigger than than my salon. Oh, okay. Um, and, and as you well know, I went through the sickness with my dad and his mm-hmm. passing. And I started um, really trying to figure out if... I really still wanted to do here. Did I lose, did I lose the passion for it? Right. Because I was getting it mixed up with grieving. Mm-hmm. And so, um, people started saying, Oh, well, I didn't know that you still did here, Tasha. And so, you know, I didn't want to refer anybody to you. And why don't you do any, you know, here anymore? You're so awesome. You know, girl, I keep telling people that you are the truth. And I was like, What's going on? What is going on with me? And so I decided when I prayed this prayer that this guy named Joe see me that built a salon, Mm -hmm. the one that one part of the prayer was not just for the business, but to open up a business that I could provide jobs that for people who had the same passion as I did to to have a non-toxic because in the beauty industry, there's so much toxic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's what it was, has our hair looking tight and right. And right. So I wanted to promote something that allowed people to love how they first started out. Right. When, when there was no chemicals in your hair and your mother just had like a little bit of grease here and there and a little bow at the top of your hair with your little pea sticking out the top. Right. I thought like, I want to get back to that. So, so you want so, you want to essentially go back to coming to America and that's just juices and berries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. And I said, and I didn't want to disparage on people who, or businesses that wanted to do the um the relaxes and the perms. Right. I, I'm definitely want to I'm definitely want to support whatever you like. Right. But as far as I'm concerned, I will treat anybody's hair who has been chemically altered, but I will just treat it naturally. Right on. And I I would assume that with the natural aspect, it also helps to uh, rejuvenate or repair some damage that's done from the chemicals that are used. I mean, we we do live in a world that there is so much that is fabricated and so much that is chemically created. And it's, you know, it may look great for a little bit, but then you realize that you've damaged things in the long run. I mean, I'm trying to remember what uh, I think it was. Uh, five heartbeats where they were talking about the hair was fried, dyed, and laid to the side, you know. Yes, and yes. and but the thing is, over time you realize that it thins things out, and uh, you're left with you know little bald patches, and you got to go bald, uh, you you know, because right. otherwise you ain't gonna look right. So, you know, with all right, so let's go back to what you were saying about um, you know, you wanted to have it to where there was you could employ people that had the same type of passion. Right. How, what was the next step with that? Or was that a, all right, well, maybe we need to course correct with this to where it is just me or were you thinking of expanding? Well, the the thought was to expand. I knew I had to move out of that. I know that I have to move out of the house to do so. Right. 
So I said, okay, so I just need to move my stuff from New York down to Georgia. That That's simple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I found out from Georgia that they don't accept anything from New York. Really? Like nothing. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's, that's a downer. <laughs> that's a downer in a very big way. I've been doing this for over two decades and you're saying no. And so no, when, when I decided. When you say that they don't move anything from New York to Georgia, are you talking like business license? Are you talking uh, they don't recognize your degree, your uh, certifications? No, they do not recognize a certification from New York. Are you kidding me? No. So you would have to go. So essentially you had to go. Now, are you telling me that you had to go through uh, hair um, hair school all over again? I am presently in hair school. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And so when I tell you that this has been a humbling journey right mm-hmm. now that I'm going through, because the reality is that, like I said earlier, I'm 45 years old. Right. So there are students that I'm in school with that are not. <laughs> They're much younger. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you, that was very delicately put. There's other kids in this school that are, and you're using the word kids, that are not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're so not 45 and, and, and they, and you know it. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had to, had to stop worrying about what was this going to look like? Because for two years, honestly, I knew that I was going to have to go back. Right. And I was like, I'm not going back. Are you kidding me? Right. It's you like, know, you, my, my, you were essentially OG. You know, yeah, you, I was you, like, my pride alone is not. And I was saying it. My pride alone is not going to let me go back. Are you serious? I was like, you don't even need it. You don't even need a judge license to do what I do. Right. But I was like, you know what? You need to be covered. Exactly. You need to be covered. If I move out of the house and I'm just a business owner, then I always have to worry about if I can keep somebody with a cosmetology license inside the shop. Mm-hmm. And if they feel like they don't feel like working anymore or they don't feel like coming to work today and they stop coming, then I'm shutting down my business how many times? Right. Because it takes a while for your business to kind of get off the ground. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to have the cosmetology license from Georgia. Right. I need to be the business owner as well. So I said, you know what, God, you have made provisions in so many different ways throughout this whole entire journey. I mean, like I didn't have, I didn't know anybody down here. Right. And I had all these clients, I have all this clientele now. Who was going to help me build it? He sent somebody to build it. So I said, if you haven't sent me somebody to give me this cosmetology <laughs> license <laughs> under the table. Right. That's what I like. Listen, the New York hustler in me is saying like, how about if I just find out, where I could go to practice for this, this, this whole exam that I'm going to have to do. And you just say, I went to your school and like, I really was thinking like, I cannot do this again. Right. And I was like, if God has not provided that for me, mm-hmm. then that must, be, he's saying to go back. Right. Because I have something in this journey that I need you to, I need you to cross this path. Mm-hmm. And if you don't go to this school, you're, if you don't go, then you're not going to meet this person or you're not going to meet these things. And I need you to meet these things because this is going to help. Right. And so I was, I'm just going to go. 
And I promise you, I have grown so much since then. Now, I'm coughing like crazy because, you know, I don't do chemical. Right. And in hair school, you have to do it all. Right. And I'm like, oh, gosh. (laughs) I didn't know know that it was so potent. You know, I just that I wasn't going to use it anymore. But now being around it and, you know, smelling the curling irons burning and that heat is also a chemical. Oh, So I'm like, well. Whoa, like this is this is throwing me for a loop. And, you know, I thank God that I detox every, you know, every season right. because of it. But I was just like, this is what I'm going to have to do. And it's not for me. It's for the people who I said I wanted to employ. Right. And see, and that actually kind of uh, I'm glad I kind of sent uh, some some of the questions beforehand because that actually kind of transitions into the next little bit because this one of the questions that I had for you was if there were and I think it would be very important for other uh, people that are thinking about getting into this line of work or opening up their own uh, shop or their own boutique uh, following this path is what were the uh, some of the setbacks that you've had and this actually sounds like it's a a bit of a setback but also not yeah you know, I mean, because yeah. again, like I said, you're you've been doing this since '96. You know, you're mm-hmm. I would consider you an OG when it comes to uh, getting you know doing hair, and now right. you're having to go in uh, and start class all over again with right. with, with essentially uh, you know kids that are fr- you know fresh out the gate. And I mean, they're sitting there trying to do eyebrows and making them about, you know, three inches high and thinking I did good. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. Uh, I I would imagine that you probably could teach the majority of these classes that you're actually having to attend. I, I, I probably could. But what I'm realizing now is because I've gotten away from it, that I just need to know it so that I can pass the test. Right. I need to I need to know certain things that I've gotten away from because it's kind of like driving a car. Mm. You go to you go to drive, you know, driver's ed to learn the correct way to pass the test. Mm. And then after that, then you one hand that steering wheel. Yes, I say you're not you're that. not tending to with nothing. Right. <laughs> 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 but and, but that makes sense. So. Uh, I mean, it's this has been a long journey that started, you know, that started back in the mid 90s. And, you know, now here we are almost to the 2020. um, And you said earlier, hindsight is 2020. So, I mean, as we as you move forward, uh, how far along in the school are you right now? Well, right now, um, I started back in September. Okay. And I and I will be finished in about September, October. Right on. Okay, so. Yep. This this is something that uh, I mean you you're seasoned you're you've been doing this for a long time you know what you're doing you, you I mean you, this is not something that it's like oh well I have to start all over again in a different industry this is stuff that you know you're like you said you're learning the uh, rudiments if you will of yes. uh, uh, you know of how the industry does it and I mean essentially the way I see the way I'm looking at it is and I mean I don't know anything about really doing hair or the whole process of it but it's like you're learning these rudiments but then it's like all right now I know how you guys do it let me show you how I get down you know and and you've made a reputation for yourself people you know people know uh, that you do your thing and the, the, the future goal is to expand to where you are now out in uh, having a, 
brick and mortar, essentially, uh, outside of the house, yes. correct? Okay. So with that, as you move forward and you know, we're coming to a close on uh, this episode, as you're moving forward um, and you're looking at you know, getting that brick and mortar, uh, are you looking at doing this uh, sole proprietor or are you looking at doing this like with a partner or uh, is this still going to be Tasha's Talents? And then you're going to be bringing in other people, you know, to, you know, uh, uh, having booths, if you will. Um, I definitely want to, um, I don't want to do this by myself. Okay. Again, um, I definitely am possibly going to be looking in, into a partner okay. because um, we actually, um, my, my husband cook is like, this is something that you need to do. Mm-hmm. This is not something he was like, and I don't want to stand behind a chair at 60, 70, 80 years old. You know, I want to retire. I want to be the business owner. And I just come in and be like, look at what's happening here and look at how every, how well everyone else is doing. Right. And so the goal is to, um, to provide booths. The goal is to, um, to have it where it's, it's a business that runs itself that I can hand down to my children mm-hmm. because I have nothing but girls. And they love to do hair. You're building a legacy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So with that, with that being said, because this has been a very long journey that you that you've taken, and obviously there are still roads ahead and different decisions that will need to be made. And I mean, uh, you're you know obviously coming up with uh, the capital for uh, for the brick and mortar, and you know moving the equipment out of the house and all that stuff, and separating yourself from uh, meshing that home life and the work life all in the same building. I know that, I mean, just from running our own business out of our house, you know, finding that fine line where it's like, all right, work is done. I know it's seven 30 at night and I've been on my feet since six o'clock this morning, but work is finally done. Now you'll have that uh, spot away from the house so that your house can be your sanctuary. What right. for the people that are looking at, uh, like for instance, if the people that were just starting the class that you're taking right now, what mm-hmm. type of advice would you have for someone that is, you know, that does hair, has, is known for doing hair, but then now they're thinking, you know what, I want to start moving in the direction of start my start my own thing. What would what would you say to someone, you know, again, that's fresh, that's wet behind the ears? Um, the first thing that I would say is show up, mm. show up. Because what I realize is that this right now, our young people are in this place of entitlement. Mm. So no one wants to work for it. They just think that they're owed it. And so show up and actually really be present because you're never too old to learn. So at 45 years old, I'm literally learning stuff that I've gotten away from, stuff that I didn't pay attention to, stuff that I found my way around. You know what I mean? Now right. I'm learning like, oh, oh, I see why I probably needed to pay attention to that before. Right. Um, and not because of chemical, but more so like, ah, I, you know what? I may actually be able to incorporate that in my business. I might be able to expand. Mm. You know, I didn't do makeup before. Right. I do makeup now. Right on. And what, what's great about it is that you learn as you come, but you have to be there. Right on. You have to be there. So I would tell anyone to show up, be present while you're there. Don't look at it like it's just a continuation of high school or um, I'm just trying to find something to do. Right because on. if this is, you know that this is your passion as well. Because some people do this just because they need something to do. 
I got you. But but you may not be talented in it. You might just feel like I just need something to do because my mom says I can't stay home. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But uh-huh. do it because there's something about it that keeps drawing you to it. You may not know what that is right now, but trust and believe that as you keep doing this, if this is a passion for you, it'll suck you right back in. Because it's a passion is why I'm back in school. I gotcha. See, and everyone that's listening right now, uh, this is coming from someone that has, again, is seasoned in this industry, has uh, essentially done it all, uh, you know, worked in a boutique or worked uh, a booth uh, in a shop uh, years ago, has gone through, uh, left the industry, uh, you know, did something that uh, she went to went to college for, went back to it. Now is uh, after years and years of doing uh, doing it now back in school and relearning. You can never not learn something new. That's something that uh, that you will always. I mean, that that's always that's a truth. That's a solid truth. Is you can always learn something new about uh, something that you may be an expert at. You know, you you may have. I'm sure that. Uh, Bill Gates is still learning new things, you know, and, yes. you know, we, we have to continue to educate. Um, and again, that was is also the whole purpose of this show. And I think that uh, the information that you've provided us with today, Nikki, is uh, very, very important and not just for the hair industry, but just industry in general. I mean, uh, and if it, uh, like you said, be present you know, make sure that you actually show up right now. There's a lot of distractions in this world, whether it's the 24 hour news cycle, whether it's, Oh, look, there's something new on Facebook or, you know, you know, the phones are always there. I I probably uh, would say that there's a percentage of your class that while they're supposed to be listening, they're they're scrolling on their phone, you know, and that's not, that's not showing up. That's not being present. And if this was your, and uh, people listening again, if, you have a passion, you need to feed into that passion. Again, like I said at the very beginning of this, it's your baby, you know, and yeah. w- with your business, it's you have to devote the time, you have to put in the work. Nikki, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Um, and uh, the ultimate goal of this show, guys, is, like I said, is to educate. Um, but there's also a bit of a selfish goal on my part. Um, but I think it'll be very important for all of you guys as well. While we are bringing in people, uh, guests for the show, we have a great number of people that are lined up so far uh, for self-made uh we have a person that is a professional pet sitter uh we have someone that uh i have a guest from australia that's going to be on the show that uh runs a runs a business that uh, creates book bindings um i have a personal a personal trainer um that has that went from doing just a small uh bikini boot camp and now she runs like three or four different ones uh last time i spoke with her uh about her business model but we're going to get into that um but the ultimate goal is to get three and for those that are listening that have made it this far into the show, uh, I want you to help me with this. If you're on Twitter, if you're on Instagram, or even on Facebook, let's start running the campaign. We're trying to get Elon Musk, uh, the guy who runs Tesla, and he also you know, had a hand in creating PayPal. Um, Richard Branson, who uh, runs Virgin Media and Virgin Atlantic and you know the planes, and uh, he's working on some uh, space flight, uh, all that good stuff. As well as I mentioned him a little while ago, Mr. Bill Gates. Uh, those are my three top that I'm trying to get onto this show eventually. I know I'm not quite there yet, but like we said earlier in the show, it's a it's a journey. 
and ultimately uh, so so the goal here is tweet out to them they're all on twitter uh whether it's on twitter facebook instagram let's uh, i'm going to be pushing this campaign pretty heavy but also nikki for those that are listening especially if they're in georgia where can they uh connect with you so, uh to see whether or not they you, you might be able to provide them with some services as well they um they definitely can connect with me on facebook under natasha lumpkin Okay. Um, I took down Tasha's talents um, because everybody did not know who I was. <laughs> but I had people chasing me down in like the local Walmarts and stuff like that's the lady I was talking about with all those long dreads. That's her. That's her. <laughs> and so I started just giving people out you know, the, the, my Facebook, right. um, because my salon is in my home. I don't give out the home address until I actually speak with people. Right. Most of my clients are referrals, but, um, that has now been quite an abundance. And right. so definitely Facebook, Natasha Lumpkin, um, and I'll, and I'll link to that, uh, on the blog post, uh, for this episode. If you guys go over to odzuki.com, uh, you'll, if you're listening to this right now, you'll, you can go right over to the podcast tab and, uh, look for self-made and look for this episode, Natasha Lumpkin, and you'll be able to, uh, find, uh, a link to her Facebook so that you can reach out if you, you know, you know what, eventually you never know. You might be, ha- you might have people from California saying, you know what, Natasha's the truth. I'm going to fly out. We're going to book. And I mean, I, I have somebody who flies in from Nebraska. So from Nebraska. Yes. OK, I wasn't expecting Nebraska of all places. So was I. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. but hey, you know, if they're coming out, I mean, again, that for people listening, that should give you enough. Uh, yeah, enough of uh, oomph to go and book with Nikki, because I mean, seriously, if someone's come, I mean, I Oh, yeah. You know, they came down from Brooklyn. Oh, they came over from Atlanta. Oh, they came from L.A. No, they came from Nebraska. I mean, you, 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 you might as well say they came from North Dakota uh, to, get, to get their hair done. All right. Now, let me ask. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No. And my husband is the one who said, I know you don't see the significance in it. He said, but on her way to the airport, she passed hairdressers. Exactly. While she was in the plane, she flew over hair salons on her drive from the airport in Atlanta to you and Winder. She passed hair salons and she she passed all of them to get to you. I can't wipe the smile off my face right now. Yeah. Mm. He said, if you don't see your self-worth in all of that, he said, then something is truly wrong. And I was like, you're absolutely right. He was like, get out of the house. Yeah. Get out of the house. He was like, I feel like we're doing you an injustice, keeping you here. It's time he to was expand. Like, yeah. 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 Well, and it's scary. It is scary. <laughs> oh, it is. Absolutely. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Self Made. Uh, hopefully, you guys got something out of this one. Um, and please, uh, there's uh, if you go to Azuki.com and you uh, find this episode, please uh, hit the Facebook like or share on this uh, episode so that other people can hear it. 
Also, uh, on iTunes, if you can go to iTunes and leave a review, uh, you can mention this episode in particular. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, and the reviews and the likes and the shares, it does nothing but help to expand and uh, bring this to a wider uh, audience. And obviously, that is the ultimate goal so that other people can benefit, just like hopefully you have as well. Uh, thank you again, uh, Nikki, for sh- uh, sharing your story and joining us on Self Made. Um, again, you guys can find her on Facebook. Look for Natasha Lumpkin, and I'll link to it on Azuki.com. I'm Kenny uh, from Azuki.com. Thank you so much, you guys, guys, for listening, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of Self Made.